0: Let me just tell you that I'm a, a part of the continuation of the services and messages have been going on about being more like Jesus. And my responsibility today is bringing about the Word of God, uh, being like Jesus as He deals with the Word of God. And I think that's tremendously important, especially in our society today. Um, I, I don't know how the rest of you guys do, but, I mean, I've got a computer with the Word on it, and I've got it on my phone. Uh, I have it where I can have it in my truck. Anywhere you go, you've got an iPad or whatever, you can have the Bible with you. We encourage you to get the version of the Bible. Uh, It's an app, a free app. You can get it. That way you can have a daily Bible reading. We recommend you read the Bible every day, and that would give you an opportunity. We recommend that you get when small groups, uh, they're about to end uh, most of them, I think, right now. I think ours has, we have one more meeting in ours. But I recommend getting a small group as a good place for you to get some questions answered about the Word of God. Um, You're going to have questions, and people say, well, I read the Word of God, and I don't understand it. Well, you know, join the crowd. All of us deal with issues in the Word of God. Um, I mean, if I asked you to tell me about the Trinity, you'd, you'd have a long time trying to explain that to me. And I don't get the Trinity, I mean, I don't understand how God is three in one. I don't get that. I don't know what we'll see when we get to heaven. I know we'll see Jesus. I get that because the Bible says that. But I don't know what the Father's going to look like. In the Spirit, we don't see Him, yet He's here today. So there are things about God that they are not clear to me. There are a lot of things in the Word of God I have to take by faith in the Word of God. You live in a culture and a society that's called post-truth, post-truth. It doesn't mean that there's not any truth. It just means that the Bible ain't necessarily the truth. It could be a truth, but not the truth. And what you think, and I believe Gabriel mentioned this a week or two ago, what you think many times is truth for you is has become your truth regardless of what the bible says regardless of what others say it becomes your truth and we're in a society of that when people tell us things uh, i i'm i'm appalled at our school systems on issue just small issues but issues like what they're going to teach a child and make them understand from grade one to three and whatever that is that they're wanting them to understand i'm just thinking dude I don't let my child make a choice. When I had kids, they didn't make a choice about what they were going to eat for breakfast, lunch, or dinner while they were in elementary school for sure. How would I let them make decisions going to change their life in the first, second, or third grade? I mean, it's not rocket science. It's just the idea. It doesn't matter what they want to force on somebody. And the idea is this. It's their truth. But it's not my truth. I have to find my truth in the Word of God. I want to encourage you right now that you need to find your truth from the Word of God. Jesus and this is where we want to go right now to uh, first or to John chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 and and that is Jesus being the Word of God so let's listen to this in the beginning was the word the Word was with God talking about Jesus the Word was with God the Word was God this is the part I don't really understand how that works but he's a part of the Trinity he was in the beginning with God all things were made through him Jesus and without him Jesus nothing was made that was made in him was life and that life was the light of man and the light shines in darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it first John 1 14 just down a little further says and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory is the only begotten son of the father full of grace and truth and you might want to circle or, or highlight in your uh notes right there he's not only grace he's truth And sometimes we get caught up in the fact that he's grace and I'm all about grace because I have to live in that every day. But I also need the truth of the word of God. And the Bible said Jesus came as as grace and truth. So he is the word of God. Say word of God. Yeah. So Jesus is the word of God. And some people years ago had a little problem with whether he's a Logos word or the Rhema word. And, And let me just say this to you. He was the Logos. The Logos is not the written word of God. I want to help some of you all understand real quickly. Back during the uh, first of the charismatic movement and the word of faith movement, they had such a division in teaching that Logos was strictly the written word of God and Rhema was the spoken word of God. Well, the problem is they didn't look the words up. Because if you look the words up, Logos is a spoken word of God. And Rhema is a spoken word of God. The difference is the Logos is the entire Word of God with all of its context. The Rhema is a portion and not necessarily in context. Okay, you don't care. So Jesus came when He came. The Bible said He was with God in the beginning and He was the Word of God. The Bible says He was there in the creation as God spoke. Jesus was the creator. He is the Word of God, the spoken Word of God. He is the full context of the Word of God. I don't base my doctrine on a rhema, a one scripture, or a one verse. The Bible says if I'm gonna have a doctrine, I've gotta have two or three witnesses. I've gotta have, I've gotta have the whole context of the Word of God for me to be able to establish doctrine. My life is not gonna be established on one verse. Now, will one verse help you? Absolutely. And we'll deal with that when we pray and talk about praying the Word of God. But we need to understand that Jesus is the Word of God. He holds the world together according to Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. Jesus holds the world together with the Word. You thought it was gravity, 14 pounds per square inch on your body holding you down, but it's the Word of God that keeps us here. The establishment of this world is in the Word of God. Now, you're going to say, well, a lot of people may differ. Well, you can differ all you want to, but you have the Word of God as the truth. If you can't establish God's words as the truth, you won't be saved. Exactly. Exactly right. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of, word of God. Your faith to be born again is based on the Word of God. It wasn't based on your mom or your daddy. It wasn't based on the church you went to. It's based on the Word of God. That's where you got the faith to accept Christ as your Savior. Does that make sense to you? The Bible says, I was born again, not of corruptible things, but of the precious word of God. By the blood of Jesus, I was born again. So my born again experience is based in the word of God. I'm just helping you right now, because if you start in the word of God, you might want to keep going in the word of God. I mean, if your birthplace was by the word of God, then your life may need to follow that word that you were born into. Does that make sense to you? In other words, I don't just get out and start making willy-nilly decisions about my life. I want to go back to the Word of God. What does God's Word say about this? What does the Word of God say? And not just what does one verse say about it that makes me feel good. What does all of it say in context concerning my life? Does that make sense to anybody? So we're dealing with words. And, and, and I'm in a small group of very average guys. It's a great small group. It makes me feel at home. I'll, you thought I them going to say, "Oh, great guys!" These guys are so so totally average. They're so wonderful to be with. Uh, we have some of them are some of them are college graduates and wordsmiths. So knowing that I needed help with words, I talked to some of these boys to give me some help because they were bragging about their ability with words. Cam was one of them. He's an Auburn grad. He he, he has a degree in engineering or something. Whatever engineering, right? Something is. Or art, I don't know whatever it is, but he has he has an Auburn degree and he's quite the wordsmith and and then uh, and and then Billy Hamilton also he's a graduate of another school on the western side of the state and he has a degree in some level of business I'm not sure exactly what that is but but he has a degree from from the University of Alabama so I have these two great schools represented here by wordsmiths, and and I like what they said, I, I, so Cam said, well, I've got a word that I can give you to help you with, and I said, okay, give me a word and a definition for it, he, and he said, aorta, aorta, and I said, aorta, he said, yeah, aorta, aorta serve us coffee when they serve us our snack at family time, so I, I'm a little bit suspect of, of my boy Cam, but then Billy, Billy was good. He said, I got a word for you, Mike. And I said, What's that? He said, Mayonnaise. I said, Mayonnaise. Put it in a sentence. Mayonnaise a lot of people in church now. Well, the other one was Andrew. And he heard these boys talking about words, and he had a word. And his word was initiate. And I said, can you put it in a sentence? He said, absolutely. He said, I took my wife out, Candace, and we went out to eat, and she ate two hamburgers and french fries, and then she ate a sundae. (laughs) So these boys have helped me. Those are Foxworthy jokes, by the way. If they were lame, they weren't mine. But, but the, idea, the idea is, these guys are going to help me with words, but I just wanted you to get the idea uh, of the Word of God, at least anyway, if you're going to deal with words, we are going to deal with the Word of God. One of the things about the Word of God, Jesus is the Logos of God. He is the whole counsel of God. Jesus is the whole counsel of God. He is everything about God in one body when He was here on this earth. He said things like, you see me, you see the Father. didn't make any sense to me. He didn't say He was the Father, but He said, when you see me, you see the Father. I begin to question that. I thought, how can He be the Father and be the Son at the same time? doesn't make sense. But the Bible says, when I look into the Word of God, when I look into the Word of God, I begin to see an image in that mirror because it becomes like a mirror. When I look into the Word of God, and the image I see is not the Mike that was born to... Korah and to John it's the Mike that was born again by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of God and I begin to be transformed into what I'm looking at when Jesus said that you see me you see the Father, maybe He's been in the mirror He's the perfect reflection of the Father and He came as the Word of God I'm I'm nailing on this right now because I think if we don't connect Jesus to the Word of God and your salvation is aloof from the Word of God then you're going to have a hard time doing what god wants you to do being who god wants you to be you'll be what you want to be and not what he wants you to be so let's hit a few things right now jesus was the word was the word of god he was a spoken word of god he was the logos spoken word of god he had everything in content he also he also knew how to use the lego word of god i don't know if you knew that or not but there is a word lego how many know what legos are you got kids you know what legos are yeah, building blocks, right, that you build things with. The word say in the Bible, when you say to something or speak to something, the Word of God, sometimes it's called Lego. And that means a building process. In other words, Lego means that it is, it is a systematic discourse. In other words, I, I'm not just saying words. I'm putting a system into place, and this is where we need help. We need friends around us that know the Word of God, and we speak Lego. I don't know how you do, but there are times when I build a system for my family in prayer because I'm going to pray the Word of God about my children, about my grandchildren. I pray the Word of God concerning if it's you, your business, and what God wants to do with you and your business in your life, and you begin to pray the Word of God and speak the Word of God over that, it's like building. Doesn't the Bible, you remember when the Bible says that if you obey the Word of God, you're like a wise man. If you disobey the Word of God you're like a loser right what did the wise man do that obeyed the word of God when he built his house he, look at me he built the same house as the loser did they both had the same house they both had pretty houses they had homes that were really great they're very cool they were, they were built the same but they were built on different foundations they both had the same storm so I'm going to help some of you right now when you say I don't know why I have a storm in my life we all do we all going to have a storm in our life. It's not a matter of what our house looks like. We're going to have a storm. It matters what the foundation is. And the Bible says this, if I am disobedient to the Word of God, then I'm like the loser. I'm like the foolish man who builds his house on the sand. If I believe the Word of God and I obey the Word of God and I do the Word of God, I'm like a wise man that has put a foundation under his house that when the storms comes, he's still there. When people get hit with storms and they say I quit, I'm giving up on God. I'm not. I'm I, you know I'm just not going there. I'm going to tell you right now. I would go back. I would go back two weeks in their life and find out were they still doing the Word of God. Are you still doing what you know? Because there's the foundation there, even when storms come, that you know God loves you. That's what was sung today about the love of God. When we're lost, He knows where to find us. Let me give you a couple things about Jesus and the Word and then how we apply it to us in the Word. Jesus was the word of god but he also studied the word of god he had the written word of god i don't know if you if you ever thought about this but out of about 1800 out of about 1800 times when jesus was speaking in the word of god he 180 times talked about the old testament he said it is written it is said, or he quotes somebody, or he talks about people in the Bible. He talked about events. He talked about Adam and Eve. He talked about the murder of Abel. He talked about the corruption of Noah. He talked about lots days in the fire. He talked about worldliness. He talked about Abraham's faith, Isaac's faith, Jacob's faith. He talked about Moses and the burning bush. He talked about Moses and the heavenly manna. He talked about the brazen serpent. He talked about the showbread. He talked about Solomon and Queen of Sheba. And I could keep on going down the list. You don't want to hear all of them, but Jesus continually talked about the Old Testament testament now what he was doing was telling these folk and by the way they did have democratic democrats and republicans in the new testament sadducees and pharisees and jesus had to deal with them all the time but he pulled them out of the same place go back to the word of god you say but god says you think, but God thinks. You need to come back to the Word of God. So he was always doing that. Luke four sixteen through 22. Listen to this. He came to Nazareth. This is when he was coming into town and he goes to the synagogue. It says he came to Nazareth. And when he would been brought, had been brought up there, as was his custom, it's what he did. That's who he was. Who is Christ? He had a custom. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up and he read. There was a place that he knew where he was going to be reading. There's a time of study for that. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he's anointed me to preach the gospel. the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives. He goes on and he says, and he closed the book. He gave it back to the attendant. He sat down, and the eyes of everyone there in the synagogue were on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him. Now listen, and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, This is Joseph's son. In other words, this boy had some wisdom that they hadn't heard before. He had a word that they hadn't heard before, although they had the word with them. There's a difference in having the word and believing the word. Your family's not going to change because you've got a Bible on the coffee table. Your family's going to change because you've got that Bible in your heart that you place it inside of you. I mean, you can look pretty and come to church, and you can lift your hands while we sing, and we we can all look that, but it matters what's down inside of my Wright that's going to change me. Jesus spoke the Word of God as a tool and a weapon. This is another thing that Jesus used, how, how to be like Jesus, is he used the Word of God as a tool or a weapon. It, it was... We talked about that. Maybe Candace said something about uh, the, putting on the helmet of salvation as a part of the armor of God. And one of the things that I would just remind you in Ephesians six seventeen, the first piece of armor you put on is gird your loins with a belt of truth. The next thing you have is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Because let me just start right here. Before you get the helmet of salvation on, you're going to have to find out about what's going to get you that salvation. You've got to run into truth. You've got to have the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. So I'm just helping you right now. The first things you put on in the body of Christ are going to be the Word of God. You're born again by the Word of God. Your faith came by the Word of God. If you're listening to preaching or you've heard someone give an altar call and they talked about Christ, the reason you made that altar call was by the Word of God that was preached, not because you had a good decision to make. Amen. You based it on the word of God. That's where your faith came from. Jesus used the word of God. How many remember when He was again Satan tempted Him? I think we heard this a few weeks ago. As a matter of fact, when when Jesus was tempted, when J- Gabriel was pre- preaching on the Spirit of God, Jesus is being tempted, and He uses the word of God to respond. And this ought to help every one of us. Whenever the enemy came to Him, this is Luke four. And I'll just get pick out, kind of cheer, pick these verses out of here. Here's what the devil said if you're the Son of God, if you're the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, Listen to what he said. I think no. I don't want to, no. He said, It is written. It is written. I'm not coming to you with my own defense here. I've got the sword of the Spirit. I've got this word of truth. Matter of fact, I am truth. But I have this sword of the Spirit, and I'm using it against you. So the word of God can be used against the enemy when we're in temptation. He said, it's written, man shall not live of bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then he came back to him again, and he said this to him, all authority I give you and their glory. For all of this has been delivered to me, and I'll give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship me, Satan said to Jesus, all will be yours when he showed him everything. Jesus said to him, listen to what he said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Why? For it is written. I'm not talking to you because I don't like you. I'm not talking to you because I just have something to say. I'm talking to you because the word of God says. It would help us, y'all, if we have an issue to deal with that we bring up the Word of God instead of what we think. Amen. If something's tempting you, what you need to do is go to the Word of God to combat that thing. And I don't know about the rest of y'all, but at 71 years old, you still have temptations. You still have things come against you and it still takes the Word of God. I don't have a day that I have That I feel like, well, I don't need the Word of God today. I I don't know how you guys live life, but it takes the Word of God every day. It takes the Word of God every day. Yeah, but my salvation, I'm not going to lose my salvation if I don't read the Bible. I get that. I didn't say you'd lose your salvation because you didn't read the Bible. I'm just saying that's how you got your salvation. And if you're going to learn how to walk in that salvation, you might want the rule book. Amen? Amen. We go to things, places, and we play by the rules, and we do by the design, and we go by the way it's supposed to be. And if you do it this way, it's going to be good. If you do it that way, it's a no rep. No no offense, y'all, but some of us in this room right now, we're getting a lot of no reps. Oh, I didn't say you're not going to heaven. I'm just saying you're getting a no rep. But Jesus loves me. I, I know he loves you. He can still say no rep. Now, for you all that don't don't know what a no-rep is, it means your repetition didn't count. What you just did didn't didn't work. Because you didn't do it the way you were supposed to. This is so stupid. They're just so stupid to the carnal man. But if you do a squat and you go right here, that's not a squat. That's not a squat. If I had 185 pounds on my back... And I went to right here and got burnt on that and put it back up on the rack that say no rep. <laughs> My son Gabriel, I'm glad he's not here. He's the worst at no repping people. You've you got to go down, you've you got to go down, down further till your butt gets below your knees. <laughs> and then you can go back up and then you get a rep. We do that and think, wow, I'm doing so well. But when it comes to the Word of God because it doesn't fit and doesn't feel good and we don't want to go all the way down with it, but we want a rep for it anyway. Let me help you all right now. Grace doesn't give you a rep when you don't deserve one. Grace got you in, baby. But your walk with the Lord is based on your obedience. Say obedience. How many of you parents demand obedience out of your kids? Raise your hand. If you demand obedience out of your children, raise your hand. Hands down. Do you still love them though you demand obedience? Yes. Do you have a form of correction if they screw up? Do you still love them? Yeah. Okay. So why is it we deal with God? We don't want to do what the Word says. We don't think anything's going to happen. There's going to be no consequences. I'm just saying we need the Word of God. Jesus used it as a tool and he also used it as a weapon. He also was told by the enemy. The enemy says, if you'll just jump off the temple, then the angels of the Lord are commanded out. He quoted scripture because the Bible says the angels will protect you. Least you dash your foot upon a stone, they'll protect you, you won't die. And Jesus said, dude, it has been said. You don't tempt the Lord your God. You remember what I said about Logos? You can cherry pick a verse out. And that's what the devil did. He said... The angels will protect you. Well, that's if you stump your toe, not if you jump off the temple. But he was using it as a picked verse so Jesus would try to get by with something that was not in the Word of God. So Jesus had to come back to the Logos. Oh yeah, I know the angels will protect me if I dash my foot upon a stone, but the Bible doesn't say they'll protect me if I jump off that temple. The Bible says if I jump off that temple, that's tempting the Lord. So I won't do it. So I'm just saying right now, we need to use the word of God as a sword and, as a, and, and for us as a protector or a tool if you would. The other thing is Jesus obeyed the word of God. And I'll just quickly hit on these. He obeyed the word of God. He used the word of God as a weapon and he obeyed the word of God even though he was the word. This is the crazy thing to me is He was the Word, but yet He used the Word. He was the Word, and yet He had to obey the Word. Listen to what it says. It says, My food is to do the will of Him who sent me. He said, I don't seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. He said, I can do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak. So in other words, what He did and what He said was in obedience to God. So he followed the Word of God. He taught the Word of God. How many of y'all remember after the resurrection, he's on the road to Emmaus, meets uh, Cleopas and another dude, and they're walking along, and they're grumbling because Jesus is dead, and this is the third day, and we're, we're hurt, and we're sad, and the Word didn't work, and, and where is Jesus now? And he's walking with them. They don't know him. So they're walking along. He begins to talk to them, and they didn't, they didn't pick up that he was Jesus. But listen what he said to them. Now, I'm not going to call you foolish, but just listen anyway. He said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in what? In all the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things? Let me just stop right here and say about his suffering, and I'll try to get back to that. I am so glad that Jesus died for me. I mean, Isaiah 53 says that he was wounded for my transgressions, and he was bruised for my iniquities. A transgression is when I know I step over the line. And he was wounded for my transgressions. How many of y'all know when you step over the line? Yeah, it's not rocket science. You you don't need the Holy Ghost for that. But a transgression, he was wounded for that. I like this next one. And he was bruised for my iniquity. You know what the iniquity is? That's the one y'all don't see. The transgression is the one all y'all knew about. The iniquity is the one that you don't see. That's down inside. But I'm going to tell you, I love God right now. And I thank God for Jesus Christ. And I thank God that he was a man. And he was as tough as nails. And he took the beating. He, he took that as a man. And he took the wound for my transgressions. But then the bruises he got was for my iniquity. Listen to this one. This is crazy. The stripes on his back weren't even necessary. I, I, process that just a minute. The stripes on His back didn't save you. Salvation's in the wound and the bruise, the nailing to the cross and the dying. The stripes on His back wasn't something He had to have done unless God had a plan for healing in your body whenever you're sick and someone's praying for you and believing for you because it's by His stripes we're made whole. So there is a place of healing. I I love God for that. I love Him for His Word. That He didn't just want to get me to the finish line. He wanted me to get there in a position of victory. I mean, He's covering every point in His Word. So Jesus taught them. The Bible says that He had to suffer and enter into the glory. Now listen to this. And beginning at Moses and all the... He began with Moses and all the prophets. He expounded to them in the Scripture the things concerning Himself. We get to 2022, and someone tells us Jesus isn't real. Jesus proved himself to these boys by going back to the Old Testament, the the graphe, the written word of God, and proving himself in that. I'm just saying right now, folks, we need to be reading the word of God. Yeah, but Mike, I read the Old Testament, and I don't get it. You know, I read some stuff in there, and I don't get it. I read some stuff in there, and I I go to a small group, and we'll ask questions about things. We'll, we'll try to feel what, what people are feeling. I'm not going to go ask some, some outright sinner, what, what do you think about this? But I'm going to go to my brothers and say, what do y'all think? What, what, what's God saying to you about this? How do you feel about this? It just helps me. And this is what happened with Jesus and these guys. He brought this back from the scripture and brought it to them. So we have, we have Jesus teaching the Logos. He taught the whole council of God. So we, we, a little bit further says our salvation... For us, our salvation is totally dependent on the Word of God. 1 Peter one twenty two to 22-25. Listen to what Peter says. Since you purified your souls in what? Obeying the truth. You purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. He says this. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed but incorruptible through the Word of God, which lives and abide forever. Because all flesh is grass, and the glory of man is like a flower in the grass. I don't know how many of y'all have mowed your weeds just yet. I mowed my weeds yesterday. I hate dandelions. I hate dandelions. What? Oh, nothing. You can come have every one of them. The only way to get rid of them is pull them up by the roots. That just came to me when I saw them, but this grass, and I'm thinking, oh, I hope dandelions are not forever. <laughs> but I feel like they are. Now, well, it's like other things in your life. Some things you can't just cut the top off and think it's going to get better. That's right. now, some of the stuff you've got to pull up by the roots. Excuse me just a minute. But some of the stuff in you is a root. And it's going to keep growing the same stupid thing every three months. I, I, I'll ahead and step on a real big limb. You guys have temptations and they reoccur every three to six months and take you down. Listen listen, listen to Mike. You've got a root somewhere that needs to be pulled out. And that may come by you and the Lord. That may come by you and your spouse and the Lord. It may come by you and the Lord and some friends. But the root's got to come out. Or you'll continue to go back to that same thing. It's just like a dandelion. But it's not good. But listen. all the glory of man is like a flower of the grass. The grass withers, the flower falls away. But listen to this. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. So let me back up and say it again. You're born again by the word of God and not just from the New Testament. You're born again from the whole counsel of God from Genesis to Revelation. Who was in the beginning making the world according to Hebrews 1, 1 through 3 holds the world together. Who in the end comes back on a horse with the Word of God written on his leg is Jesus. I read a word the other day and it just kind of stuck with me and, and in the King James it says, it says it this way and you have to go to the translation of the word sound but when Adam and Eve had sinned, you remember that? And boy, Candace, this goes right along with what you said. When Adam and Eve had sinned, they had eaten of the fruit. Y'all remember that day, right? And, and that was their day of spiritual death. I love it that the Bible says that afternoon, they listen to what it says. This is, this is in Genesis 3 8. It says, and they heard, they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden. King James says voice. That's the old school. So the other words there says they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden. But if you look up the word sound, it means a voice, the noise of a voice, an utterance coming. This is what I love. I think it was Jesus. I really do. I think it was that pre-incarnate. It was Christ that, that appeared as the angel of the Lord for Gideon, that appeared as the angel of the Lord for Joshua, and, and had the word of the Lord with him, and appeared for Zechariah. This angel of the Lord. I believe there was pre uh, there were pre-times where Jesus came and revealed himself but maybe as an angel on some occasions, some not. But in the beginning, he was with God. I just think it was the Lord walking. His voice was walking according to the word of God in the garden. So we can go all the way back at least to the garden that Jesus started there. Does that make sense to you? Yes. So First Peter says we're born of the word of God. We know that we've got to believe the truth is the word of God. Listen to Romans one twenty five. Therefore, God gave them up to uncleanness. This is terrible in the lust of their own hearts. He gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. In other words, he just said, I'm going to just let you go. Why? Listen to what they did, verse 25. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. What did Adam and Eve do? They exchanged the truth of God. Don't eat of the tree. For the lie, eat of the tree and you'll be like him. They changed the truth for a lie. You bring that same thought to Romans 1, New Testament, Paul speaking. Listen to me. Paul's one of the most gracious writers of the New Testament. He was so full of grace, according to 2 Peter chapter 3, if you'll read it, maybe it's around verse 18 or so, that Peter says this. He said, y'all got to be careful with Paul's writings. Because he says some stuff in there that people can twist very easily and, and live a wrong life. Just like they do other scriptures. But they said to God, so I'm just saying this right now. Paul is one of the most grace-filled people that's in the New Testament writing. But listen to what it writes in Romans chapter 1. He, this is just terrible. He said, he turned them over to reprobate minds or uncleanness or lust of the heart, dishonor their bodies, Verse 25, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and they worship and serve the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. So I'm just going to say this to you. Don't give up the truth for a lie. Don't give up the truth for a lie. Now you're going to say, but but, but do you know all the truth? No, I don't. As a matter of fact, this has been something, and Gabriel will tell you this, my wife will tell you this, that we were in a denomination for several years, for many years. I was a kid in it, and then then came up as a minister in, in a a leader in in this denomination, which I, I don't have a problem with the denomination. I love them. But one thing I did as a process of my life is every two years, I would inspect my doctrine. I, every two years, I would question my basic fundamental doctrine to what I believe. Now, I don't know about the rest of y'all, and you may not have a lot, but if you believe you're born again, i would want to question why I believe it and how I believe it. If I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit and you're one of those that speaks in tongues, then I, I might want to investigate. What do I really believe about that? How does that really work? What did the Bible say? Yeah, but you already have these three scriptures I gave you. I know what they gave me, but what God give me? What did the Lord say? What did He say in the whole context? I want to tell you something else. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I've learned things. And the more I stay in the Word of God, the more I'm able to learn. And it doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong. I'm going to go to hell for doing it wrong. It means that when I see to do it right, I can change that and do the right thing. So all I'm saying is, you might want to inspect yourself every so often, and I do. I inspect myself. Every couple of years, I'd go back through my basic doctrine. Why do I believe what I believe? Why do I believe this? Why do I believe that? Who cares? I don't want to believe it because they believe it. Excuse me just real quick here. Very quick. Back in the Reformation... When there was just the Orthodox Church, Reformation came. You had two guys, two veins came out of that. One was one was uh, Calvin and one was Arminius. And you have two guys that came out of the Reformation area. One of them had an idea of, of eternal security and the grace of God. Another one had another idea on eternal security and the grace of God. They had two different camps of it. They still flow today. The churches are are quasi-divided in the sense of that. But the truth is, they're not heaven and hell issues. What you believe about how you're saved is not heaven or hell. If you say, well, I believe in once saved, always saved, I can't lose my salvation, great. As long as you're walking with God, you're in good shape. According to Scripture. But if you believe, well, you can lose your salvation, well, you know, personally, I don't think I can lose it. I, I have an idea that I can walk away because God gave me the choice to accept it or to reject it. And he didn't take that away because I accept this is my philosophy. Here's all I'm saying. I've got to walk in obedience to the Word of God. If I believe that I can lose my salvation, or if I believe I could never lose my salvation, it doesn't change that I've got to walk in the Word of God. So whichever camp you're in right now, let me just help you on this. You've got to walk the Word of God. Amen? You can't say... I don't have to have the Word of God. because No, you've got to have the Word of God. Your life is based on the Word of God. Does that make sense to you? So being in the kingdom of God is going to make a demand on you to to be a part of the Word of God. Let me give you at least uh, one more idea here on the Word of God. We need the Word of God to be transformed. We talked about that just a little bit, and that is beholding... uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 16-18, it says that I've got an unveiled face. I'm beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and I'm being transformed. I'm beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and I'm being transformed. I'm looking into the mirror of the Word of God and I'm being transformed. The longer I look into the Word of God, the more I'm going to be transformed. If I continue to look in the Word of God, then every day there can be some transformation. Let me say this to you. God is patient with us. He is very patient with us. He's long-suffering for our salvation. He's very patient with us. But as I look into the Word of God, then I'm going to be transformed. The word transformed doesn't mean changed overnight. You're going to be, you know, I don't know, John the Baptist. When I look in the Word of God, transformation there is a passive verb, which means I'm not doing it. Okay, see, right now, some of you old school people just left me. Because you said, no, bless God, we've got to do it ourselves. No, we don't. So some of you guys over here when you lose your salvation side, y'all are saying, that's why I've got to stay in this order to lose my salvation. The guys over here are saying, I don't have to do it because I'm already saved. I can't lose it. Uh, There's a middle of the road somewhere in here, y'all. And that middle of the road says this, that I've got to be transformed into His image. Not your image, not their image, but His image by the Word of God. The word transformed is passive verb, which means I'm not doing it. He is. As I look into His Word, he changes something in me. I got to quit this and I got to quit that. And I, no, no, no. Don't go there yet. Just get in the Word. And the more you're in the Word, the transformation comes. But see, we've not let you believe that because we've been telling you what you've got to do and can't do and you keep our list of rules. And I'm just saying, baby, get in the Word of God and allow that transformation. No, but it's not happening quick enough. Well, you're not the judge anyhow. No one voted on you. You're 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 not... God, I can't judge you because of your speed of moving forward in the kingdom of God. That's a, that's a grace issue of me looking in the mirror. Amen? The longer I'm there, the more it's going to change. So let me give you this quickly. You need to read the word of God because it is the foundation for your life. This is 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. Listen closer to this. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. All scripture, all scripture. Say all scripture. All scripture, the Logos, all scripture is inspired by God. It is useful to teach us what's true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but that sounds very good to me. It sounds almost parenting, doesn't it? That he's going to use it to teach me what's true. He's going to use it to make me realize what's wrong. He's going to correct me and teach me what's right. That happens in the Word of God. So I'm just going to say right now, you need the Word of God. You need it because you've got to change. Let me, let me give you some things on on reading the Word of God and then we're going to close. Reading and praying. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be quick with this. You need to read the Word of God because you were born again by the Word of God. Period. You were born again by the Word, then you need to read the Word of God. If that's what got you in, that's what I'm going to say keeps you in. If that's what got you in, that's what develops your future. If I got in by the Word of God, y'all, then it's going to take the Word of God for me to keep moving forward in His kingdom. Now, here's what I've got to do. I've got to hide the Word in my heart. Psalms 119.11 says, if I will hide it, if I hold it, if I will if continue to read it, why? That I may not sin against God. I don't want to do something stupid. I'd like to not do that. I do stupid things. We all have sin issues, but we'll keep doing them if we don't find what the Word of God says and then hide it in my heart and then meditate on the Word of God. Begin to put the Word of God into memory. One of the things that that I got a hold of years ago was on meditation with Psalms 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water that'll bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does will prosper. The ungodly are not so, but they're like a chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. It's something that I hid in my heart. It's something that I meditate on. It's something that I chew on. It's something that I have for my kids because I believe this. I believe that whatever I do will prosper. I believe whatever I do will prosper. I believe my children will prosper. I believe my grandkids will prosper because I've hidden the word in my heart and I meditate on that. Does that make sense to you? One more thing on the word of God is pray the word of God. Say pray. Pray the word of God. Pastor, I need peace. Then you need to be praying the word of God. How many of y'all need peace? Your family, your life, your work, wherever most of us do, the world certainly does. The Bible says don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as we live in Christ. I pray for peace. If you want to pray for peace, take the Word of God to the Lord. Lord, I thank You right now that You give me a peace that passes understanding. I can't see it. I don't understand it, but I'm going to bring it to You. I bring it to You. And Pray for peace. Strength. Psalm 46.1 says, God's my refuge, my strength, and He's always a help in a time of trouble. If I need strength, I ought to take Psalms 46.1 to Christ. Lord, I thank You right now that You are my refuge and my strength. Well, He knows He is. I know He knows He is. But He gave us the Word of God for us to repeat to Him that He can give back to us. For God is my refuge and my strength, and you're always ready to help me when I'm in trouble. Well, what a great prayer for today. Here's another one. In fear. I've got fear of passion. I don't know what to do. I, I, I've got a fearful heart. Second Timothy one seven says, if I'm going to pray, I may want to pray this verse. God's not given me a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. What if I were, what if I were a person that that needed joy? Gabriel gave us this even last week, Nehemiah 810. For the day of the Lord is a holy day, don't be sorrowful, for the joy of the Lord is my strength. If I need joy, I ought to be able to go to the Lord and say, Lord, the truth is, I have zero joy. In the sense of, I'm not happy today. My life is jacked up. But I thank you today for the joy of the Lord, that you can take this burden of depression off of me because the joy of the Lord is my strength. I can take that word to Him and pray that word. If you don't read the word and know the word, you can't pray the word. The Bible says when I use the word of God, read the word of God, pray the word of God, meditate on the word of God, that I renew my mind. There's some folk in here that need renewed minds. I'm one of them, but there's some others. Don't copy, listen to this Romans twelve, two renewed mind, John. I just said that, and you owned it. Renew your mind. Don't copy the behavior. Don't, listen to this, this is so cool. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person. Stop listening to me. He's talking to believers. He's not talking to sinners. He's talking to the church. He's talking to us. He said, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, the renewing of your mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So let me just say in closing, the Word of God is God-breathed. It doesn't mean that the Bible you got is God, but it means when you read that word it's life it's alive you can read the same verse one day a year later read it again and get a different thought from it a different idea from it because the spirit of God breathes this word it's not going to change the context of it but it may fit a need in your life for that moment that you didn't see before and I'll give you one more thought There's no Bible 2.0. There's not another level that we're going to go to. There's just the Word of God. So if I'm going to be like Christ, I need to read the Word of God. I need to speak the Word of God. I need to pray the Word of God. I need to Lego with the Word of God. I need to build my life with the Word of God. When I pray, I need to use as much Word as I can concerning my situation when I come to the Lord. Jesus did that in dealing with the devil. He also did it dealing with God. Lord, You've called me. Lord, You've said. God, you said. It is written. And we do the same thing. I want you to stand, if you would, this morning. And I don't know where you are, but our being like Jesus today is being in the Word. Just being in the Word. letting the Word live in me and be alive in me. My born-again experience? Based on the Word of God. My continual walk with the Lord is based on the Word of God.